watching Championship Saturday. This is George Whitfield, college football, at, uh, field of 12 after dark show. Sorry, I'm, I'm like football drunk. I got uh, three talented quarterbacks rolling with us, Clint Sterner, Bryce Petty, and uh, we are pride of Penn State, Christian Hackenberg. Fellas, we might as well just jump on in. You're, we're going to go first. Let's go to the game that's still on and a team and a head coach that have redeemed themselves, a brand, a global brand that's redeemed itself in uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Hack, it's your backyard. What's your biggest impression of watching Michigan these last couple of weeks, especially tonight? Yeah, I think these dudes are just – they. the whole year has been a building process for them up to this point. And unlike the past few years where they've started fast and – kind of fizzled out towards the end. I think they've they've built throughout the entire year. Uh, you, just watching the team, there's a little bit of a different energy with them. Um, having even played against them throughout Harbaugh's tenure, there's a different energy with this team. And their defense flies around. Their offense is fun to watch. I think they got a couple backs who are really explosive. And I I, I really love Cade's story. I think the kid uh, – kids battled through through a lot of adversity throughout his career and for him to be able to be one of the pillars within this team this year in terms of driving the success of the program and taking it to where all of Michigan fans want it to be and where Harbaugh wanted it to be and finally reaching the expectation that I think that fan base and university had for Jim Harbaugh's tenure uh, it's, it says a lot about him and, and the guys in the locker room so um just outside looking in, this team really built well this year and ultimately proved uh, that they were the most complete football team in the Big Ten. Uh, and, and really, you know, with this drum in Iowa, put themselves in a really unique position, I think, that we're going to get into later. There's some arguments, I think, for them to be the number one team in the country, um, the way the dominoes have fallen uh, going into the playoffs. So uh, we'll, we'll see what all that what all happens. But uh, ultimately, I just think it's been a hell of a year for them in terms of how they built it. And I think it's just been a program defining year for them and a 10 year defining year for Jim Harbaugh. And now that he's here, he's got to keep doing it. Yep. I agree. Hey, uh, Clint, let's stay with that. Hack is talking about how they're built, the construction. I'm going to say a thing. If it's true about the SEC, let me know. Physical. Absolutely. Run downhill. Absolutely. Heavyweight coach. Absolutely. So I would say Michigan has those three things. Would you say this Big Ten team is uniquely built to go take on Georgia and Bama 12 rounds down in the trenches? No smoke, no mares. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, after what they give up, 64 rushing to Ohio State. Yep. And I think last time I checked this Iowa football team, who's as physical as anybody in the country, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues they have offensively. They, they, they're not very explosive, but one thing they are is physical up front and can run the football. I, I, last time I checked, they're under 100 yards rushing today. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt that this Big Ten football team, which is the case, George, with most of the time, whatever team emerges out of the Big Ten True. is is in the trenches good enough to compete with anybody in the country. On sure. both sides, on both sides of the football, and, and I, I think that's the biggest thing. I hadn't watched Michigan 
that closely all year long. But the one thing that that coming down the stretch here that to me that really sticks out is you can have all their skilled guys. Their skilled guys are 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 average at best, man. Their trench play on both sides of the football is absolutely nasty. Stopping the run, running the football on the defensive side of the football, pressuring the passer. They got a couple of dudes off the edge that can go get the passers. So really at any point in time, any kind of ball game, any kind of fight that breaks out, Michigan's got a shot. Michigan's right. got a shot. If if look, if the, the opposing team's gonna spin around, if it's Alabama and they want to get and gun and spin it all over the park, they got two dogs on the edge that can hunt. If yep. it's gonna be Georgia and they're gonna try to run it between the tackles all day long and try to ball control you, they got dudes that are not only physical, but they're gap sound, they're where they're supposed to be. And it's it's seven, eight guys fitting in the right spot consistently. Yeah, I'm buying Michigan, boss. I'm buying Michigan to compete with anybody in the college football playoffs, not just the SEC. The Wolverines have just gone up now 42 to three. And and knowing Coach Harbaugh, it was that leave no doubt feel. The 28-3, 35-3 probably didn't feel like enough. If they get another shot, they're going to go again. Bryce, talking about uh, Clint's talking about buying Michigan. Do you also buy the idea that they are better suited to go in and compete with these two monsters in the SEC than Ohio State? Monster, you know, styles make mm-hmm. fights. So yeah. given how Clint broke that down and Hack mm-hmm. broke that down, and Ohio State is the opposite of Michigan, just style-wise, are they the best suited? Are we going to get the best fight coming into the college football playoff? Yeah, yeah, that was tough. I mean, you look at the game today, and and this is a – you know, we've been calling them the White Walkers, talking about Georgia's defense. And my man, you know, Bryce Young is a freshman, put up 400 yards and three touchdowns on him. So this, this is what's interesting. And the, and, the, and the thing that I've always respected about the SEC is it's almost as close to an NFL style um, of play that you actually get on a collegiate level. Meaning that, it, man, it's, it's really hard to see a guy run for 100 yards in the NFL. It just is. Right. Um, where you make your money is, is in the quarterbacks and you see those, you know, by the paychecks that they give these guys. So, you know, to me, I, I actually, you know, and I, I know it's crazy, but I think as a team overall, Michigan is a better team. Are they better suited to go up against the Alabama and a Georgia? I'm not sure. I think that Cade, you know, McNamara, is, as cool story is, I don't know if you can put that on his back to go ahead and go pass for 300 yards and yeah. play with, with the Georgias and the, and the Alabamas of the world like he's going to need to for Michigan to go win. They're not going to go put up 200 yards, which I think, you know, to your point and, and what Hack made is, is man, that, their identity, they know who they are, um, you know, especially coming the last couple of weeks down the stretch. They know that they're going to, you know, they're going to put it down your throat um, and they're going to play really good defense. Well, that kind of plays right in the hands of, of, of Georgia and, and Alabama, rightfully so. Um, so anyways, all that being said, I think actually Ohio State, to me, is better suited just because they're a little mm. bit better, you know, from a passing, uh, you know, standpoint in, in between those both, both those teams going into this game. So they can – I like that. So they can offset the, these downhill Offensively, trains. they can match up. They can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the front seven for Georgia is where they eat. I mean, you, you got you got dudes, you know, ready to grub on the front seven for Georgia's, for Georgia's defense. And, and, again, what we saw today was a young kid – take apart a, a white walker type you know s defense that was yep. it, it, you know to our point you know it's unimaginable for these guys to go ahead and put up you know 500 yards against them right. and that's exactly what alabama did they went right after him and you know through the air the uh 
that's a lot to be said about Michigan, though. If there is something to worry about, like, again, they put up 42 tonight on, a, on what Clint says, a physical Iowa team. They put up 42 last week against Ohio State, who really, honestly, Vegas will probably roll with them against any team in the country or keep it really close. Somehow they wind up putting drives together, but it's not a two, three play, 80 yard deal. Like these guys go on a march, 12 plays, 15 plays. They hit a couple tonight. I thought, I thought Gaddis, Coach Gaddis was great on the timing of the trick play, and they pop runs. These guys really do pop some runs, 65 yard run tonight. 70-yarder against Ohio State, they can, like, get through the trenches and then pop on. They got some game breakers. So the Michigan Wolverines are now in. We're going to see, as Hack was saying, are they going to be – do they stay at two because Bama's win was that big of a deal, or or can they make some noise up there at one? The committee could kind of rig some of that stuff so we don't have a rematch with Bama-Georgia in the semifinal. For you, uh, for all that – Oh, for all of you that are joining us, uh, welcome back. For it's your first time, grab something cold to sip. We're getting ready to go into our toast of the night. Or what else do we offer them, Bryce? Uh, a toss. Toast for, or a toss. Uh-huh. For, for uh, unworthy of a toast. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of a toast. <laughs> just, to, just to keep it balanced. So, uh, Bryce Petty, just... Your, your boys played tonight, incredible performance. I'm going to go ahead and let the toast go to you first. Yeah, man, it's hard not to toast Coach Aranda. Coach Aranda and, and what he's done at Waco, especially when we were talking pre-show about the climate of what we're seeing right now, national scene in this, in this coaching world. Um, I think if the four of us sat at a table, our agents ought to be licking their chops. Um, and I think Coach Aranda is, is severely underpaid for how good he's done. That's okay. We're going to go ahead and keep it there. We're going to give him a nice house some cars, some things that maybe not, you know, be just in the zeros on the contract. But anyway, so Coach Aranda, two and seven last year to not only a 10-win season, but you are the Big 12 champions down in Waco, bringing it back. This is bear country, as they say um, on these billboards. Clint, you ought to see that in Houston. So, um, man, Coach Aranda, toast to you. Congratulations. Hey. Let's pop up north. The other big news. Came out of the Big Ten, Christian Hackenberg. Not to guide you, but it is your your at bat, sir. Yeah, I I'm going obvious obvious pick as well to Harbaugh. Just his trajectory, his path, the expectations that that program set upon him, how he weathered that storm. Uh, I feel like he did it the right way. Took a paycheck, uh, took a pay cut, paid his assistance. Um, just even even the testament of him, you know, donating all his bonus money to those within the uh, faculty and staff at Michigan who were affected by pay cuts for COVID and, and making sure taking care of them. The guy embodied the whole entire program this year and the whole entire university. Um, just happy for him. I think it's been a bumpy road. And for him to get to that to this point, um, I think it's what he expected and, and he did it. I think he did it with the most professionalism that I've seen in a long time from from a guy at that at that position. So, um, here's to the Michigan Wolverines, Coach here, here. Jim Harbaugh, Clint. To you, sir. You guys also had a big night. It's it's almost like everybody else had the bachelor party tonight, and you guys like it was your wedding. You had you have two representatives going in here to the playoffs. 
your toast of the night, sir. I'm I'm gonna go with Bryce Young, man. I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't know anybody that felt like going into tonight's game uh, that anybody had the Heisman locked up. I, I think there's there was a ton of uncertainty about the top four teams in the country. There was a ton of uncertainty about um, you know the rankings. They're not I say top four, I mean without OU, without Clemson. Mm-hmm. There there was a lot of shaking and moving going on, a lot of uncertainty. And then when you look at the Heisman Trophy. Uh, it was obviously up in the air as well, and, and I, I think what Bryce Young did today, I think I think he did he did three things, guys. He he catapulted his team when they could have fell out of the college ball playoffs with a bad with a loss here. He yeah, catapulted a loss last week too. Oh yeah, 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 no doubt. After last week's performance, even though they won, if they would have lost tonight, there was a chance that they would fall completely out of the out of the playoffs. A really good chance. So he, instead, he put his team. Uh, in the number one spot, and I think um, number two, I think he he wrapped up he wrapped up the Heisman guys. Mm-hmm. I mean he 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 wrapped up the Heisman in, in a in a big way tonight. And then number three, I think he I think he also wrapped up the the number one overall draft pick in twenty twenty three. I think I think he did I think he did those three things tonight. He showed a lot. He showed up. If you were a GM sitting somewhere in an office, you you George. So, hey, look. I, I mean, you can say people say what they want about Alabama quarterbacks. I mean, they're they're doing well right now. But big picture, um, and, and all you guys have played the damn position at a high level. I mean, you we watch Alabama play ball, and and ninety percent of the, his completions and and two his completions and Jay Hurts completion. All these guys. 90% of their completions, their, their receivers have four, five, six yards of separation. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not I'm not knocking the hell. I love it. Wish I wish I had that when I was playing. But the fact of the matter is, is I I, I slide all those games to the to the wayside. There, there's 85% of Alabama's games. I don't even want to talk about we're evaluating quarterbacks. Tonight was a night when the windows were narrow, the yep. chaos around him was was big time. And my man, my man went above and beyond expectations tonight. I, I, I honestly believe that strongly about him tonight. I, I think he's the the next Trevor Lawrence, if you will, of where it's just a matter of time when he becomes draft eligible, he's going to be number one overall. I agree. And to put on put some more on that, um, I work with this rascal, and he's a seventh and eighth grader, but his family was like two and a half hours north. So I got a chance to know him when he was little. I watched them all through high school. We'd go up and see him. He was fearless on top of that. There was a play, if you guys remember, um, he he broke down the defense, scrambled. It's like third and 15-something. He had 10 of it, and he's past the line of scrimmage. He kind of got cornered in by the sideline, turned, and option pitched it out there to his back, <laughs> who picked up the first down. There was number numerous times where he's in the pocket and he had to kind of navigate around an end. So he'd give up 10 yards more of depth in order to come downhill. And either he'd keep it, find somebody, or put it like he competed in a way that every lineman on that team was like, oh hell, if he's doing that, I got plenty more. Like it took that and then took shots downfield. They kept throwing shots. And Hack's old coach, Coach O'Brien, he kept calling shots. Like, when the game was in contention, when the game was early, when they had a little bit of a lead, they never took foot off. They never took their foot off the gas. And that's how. You, they, they beat Georgia back 
they basically kind of reset world order in this one game. I can't wait to see how it goes. Um, and, and real quick, if, if I can, too, George, yeah. I mean, I think you guys are missing a really, really big point. Just, just with him, there's a lot of intangibles here. But, guys, if, if we could, the first name is just – it's really strong. Oh, a, get, a really your cheer- good, hey, get your Cheerio eating ass out of here. Why are you got Cheerios about that? Now, I'm trying to make a solid point here, Clint. I mean, the name is a solid point. It's just my Cheerio eating ass. Right, right. Big dog, you had me leaning in like this. Damn, Bryce makes you get deep, man. What that's you got what I said. It, that's what that's I said. Oh, ah! It was, you it was really, uh, uh, salute so, so, Oh, that was for, right. Young that was with right. the name. For more in-depth, for more in-depth breakdowns, follow Bryce at Bryce. That's, that's <laughs> true. I will, I, will be sending, I will be sending out coloring books later. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got fan mail open. So let's give our toast to... to Mr. Bryce mm. Young. Yeah, that's right. And fellas, I'm gonna be Young honest. Cut. I was um as soon as the play happened, I was like, shit, might be play of the year. Watching that Baylor, Oklahoma State, big tennis back and forth, haymaking battle uh happened down in Dallas tonight. The last play of the game, like, damn, last play of the game. He's got the ball, it's just me. All of Baylor Nation, it's just me. And it's just a race to who could get to that pylon first. And my man, Jerrion McVeigh, as Bryce told me, a sixth-year senior who started his career as a walk-on, mm-hmm. makes the walk-off play, a defensive walk-off play, which all the photos show it. Ran this man down as he dove, the runner dove, he dove, and the ball was this far from making it into the end zone. That's the game. They were down five. They score. They win. My effort versus your effort. But I'm not going to go there or, or I'll split my toast. I was going to go there. Really, the, the the toast is to us. And I'm not just talking like us, the four of us. I'm talking us as college football fans. We started the year talking about the five families. And now look where we are. The Roman army who wobbled, as Hack was saying, they do look vulnerable. The White Walkers showed us who they were week one, night one. And, yeah, they didn't really have kind of a letdown until tonight when they knew they were already going into the playoffs. And to be honest, Dan Lanning was probably called more of a vanilla scheme defensively because they got to come right back. Everybody's going to see him. Then we also get Cinderella, Bryce's team. He called Cincinnati all the way back then. These guys had to run the gauntlet road games at Wisconsin, Indiana, Notre Dame. They knock them all out. Then they got the the weight and pressure of not beating teams, but they got to kill them. And then Michigan. Then you have your run it back story, your your, uh, rising from the ashes story. Michigan, Bama, Georgia, and who better as a Cinderella than Cincinnati? College football fans. And my man Jerry on McVeigh toes. Mm. All right. Before we move on, let me tell the you. Hell, guys. you toasting with real quick, George? What are you toasting with? So that we're, we're right. That's, we're dark, that's some dark soda right there. Now what you it got in is there, some dark soda. I, I think the contents of this is called Bullet Rye. Yeah, I think said there better mm. be some that brown yeah. water, that dirty yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bullet Rye. It's a dab. It's a trace of Diet Coke in there as well. It's a trace. Okay. Just checking on you. Didn't mean to mess up your flow there, Bubba. No, no. We're, we're all good. 
before we go back into talking about our uh, alcoholic contents, I want to tell you guys a little bit about our partner at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up at Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money with their new pay, rush pay, instant approval withdrawings. Withdrawing your winning is safer than ever before and more reliable. With the football season kicking off, get in on the action. Go into betrivers.com today or download Bet Rivers iOS app. You must be 21 years old or older. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, time to roll. We paid homage on the toast. We're taking your questions. We got our, our producer, uh, Dagan Hughes. Uh, for all those of you who are out there, you want to shoot your questions in, we'll get them in. We've been doing it the last couple of weeks. Questions have been great. Uh, a lot of the sports bars around the country have been buzzing in, shooting those in. So Dagan will relay that in here. Let's go now to the other big heavyweight matchup. Really, the biggest heavyweight matchup. We've been waiting to see this. Georgia, Bama. Clint, I'm going to go with you again. Biggest takeaway from that game. Did we learn anything about Georgia? Did we – you already broke down Bryce Young. Like, What was your biggest takeaway from finally seeing the White Walkers and the Roman Army get at it? Well, I mean, I think Georgia Georgia didn't do one thing. I, I didn't accomplish one thing that I expected them to to accomplish from from Jump Street. I mean, I expected them to just play sound defense, and they get a ten to nothing lead, and then they give up a, a busted coverage and and for a touchdown. And if you if you listen to Kirby Smart going into halftime, I think there was multiple busted coverages in the first half. That's just not a Kirby Smart coach football mm. team doesn't bust coverages and and give up cheap cheap long touchdowns, uh, particularly in that, in that situation when you have the momentum, um, you know, I, 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 the, the big takeaway for me was I expected them after watching, uh, watching Alabama last week versus Auburn, I expected Georgia's front to absolutely give Alabama fits when they get back there and gun, they put those tackles on an Island. I expected Georgia to just absolutely create all kind of chaos around Bryce Young. And they didn't do it, and so the, the it's it's to me it's about what Georgia didn't do that I expected them to do not just throughout the game I expected them to do it dominantly consistently and they were not able to do it uh, and and I think that says more about Georgia than it does Alabama Alabama's been inconsistent all year long I think this is a this is something that's that could plague Georgia getting into the playoffs when you're when you got to beat two really good football teams back to back. So, Bryce, does, does this mean that Bama is still the standard on the field, off the field, physicality, mentality, execution, coaching? Like, and, and Clint made a great point. They have wobbled a lot this year, young all over the place. They had seven guys go in the first round. All seven are probably – one of the best players for a team in the NFL, yet here they come back again. Are they still the standard, or is that, or are we overstating that? And we just, you know, like Clint said, Georgia didn't come right today. Uh, no, no, I, th- I think they are. I think they are. And, and the only other, you know, really adjective that I'd add to that is just consistency. I mean, I mean, I think that's how you get a a you know certain bar of of what that standard is. 
is to do this year in and year out. And, and I think that we hear it a lot from Bill Belichick, who, you know, is, is again, arguably one of the best coaches in NFL to ever come talks about it year in and year out is you really don't know who your team is until week 12, week 13 of the season anyways. And I think Alabama just kind of embodies that as well. That, you know, look, you know, and again, kind of going back to the, to the, the interview that Nick Saban had, he got upset about it from the expectation of fans that they're supposed to blow everybody out. But, you know, the idea is that they do keep winning uh, the, the games that they need to win. And whether that's, a, you know, kind of a bar burner to the last second, like we watched last week against, you know, Auburn, or it's one of these games where you really don't have any expectation of them being in a game because Georgia is that good. And they come out and, you know, put up 41, you know, on a, on a defense that hasn't given up more than whatever, 17 points all year. Um, so this is that standard of consistency, of physicality, the mentality scheme, you know, plug and play a coach, plug and play a player. Um, they just continue to keep coming year in and year out to make it to, you know, the, the round of four, you know, whatever you want to call it, playoffs, um, when they need to and they, and they get hot when they need to. Uh, hey, George, George, I, I, let me, yeah. I, I'll add, I'll add to that one thing. And, and it, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, kind of indirectly is, you know, I, I think this football team, a lot like Michigan, I think they're more similar to Michigan than they are anybody else, but this football team at the quarterback position, Georgia being Georgia, Stetson Bennett is, is and then I don't think it's all him. I, I think, I think he is limited in the weapons around him other than the freshman tight end. Um, they're, they're really limited. He's a at, at the wide. Yeah, he's a man baller, no question about it. No, yeah, no question about it. But they're limited outside. But, but nonetheless, I don't know that Georgia is set up to to win a tight ball game down the stretch with Stetson Bennett and the talent around him. And I don't, I, I don't feel good at all if it gets into a shootout like it did tonight. And so mm. you look at Michigan. I don't know if they can handle a shootout. And you look at Georgia, I don't know offensively I'm talking about. I don't know if they can handle a shootout. I agree. Right? And so I think that's one thing we saw tonight was Stetson Bennett really struggle in a, in, a, in a big way when forced into an obvious passing situation. I, I don't know if that's going to fare too well in, in games that you can't always control the tempo once you get into the playoffs. That's a great point. Yeah, great I'm going to take it right to Hack. Bryce Young, yeah. Cade McNamara, Stetson Bennett, and our man Ritter at Cincinnati. Which of these four kids? Who's under the most pressure? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think after today's result, it's got to be Stenson. And I think it's also because of the guy that's sitting behind Stenson. Um, I know that the resume that JT has isn't as robust as you may think, but the skill set, and we talked about this way back when we did our first quarterback breakdown about JT. Um, I think to kind of echo what Clint was just saying, I think JT is built more and has the skill set more to be able to run that team from that standpoint, right? Stenson's mm -hmm. had a hell of a run and you can't take that away from him. He's done a great job of doing his job up until this point and managing games and not putting the, not hurting the team. But, um, you know, he got exposed a little bit today against a team that had a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he did not say he did not play well. He did, but he had a, a few, few mistakes that hurt him. 
And when you don't have those killers outside mm-hmm. that can consistently create separation, you need a guy who can make up for that gap. And I don't think Stinson is that guy. And I don't know if JT is either because he's not, he hasn't ever necessarily been in that situation. But I do think when you watch JT throw the football that he has a little bit more of a robust skill set when it comes to that standpoint. So, so I think George is going to have an interesting standpoint or an interesting conversation coming into this. Bennett has been the start of the last five weeks for Georgia. You think if they, when they get in the playoffs, whoever they face, and everybody's coming with a fight. Everybody's going to get yeah. met at the line. Everybody's going to fight. If they go a couple series without scoring, you think there's a shot that they will just replace a healthy Stetson Bennett for JT Daniels at this point, since he's been rolling the whole month of November. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm just making a point based on, based on my observations. I, I could be completely full of shit and you can call me out for that, whatever. But I do think that um, as we've said on this show, and just watching the kid play and, and watching the way he operated last year, I think he does have a little bit more of a unique skill set when it comes to to making up for those those la- the la- the inefficiencies they have outside at times. Um, and I just don't think that he ever got in a rhythm like Stenson did this year. So, you know, you got a lot of bo- you got a lot of time between now and 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 the first round of the playoffs and. Um, I just think it'll be something to keep an eye on. No question. Brian, yeah, yeah. you, you uh, damn right. You damn right you're going to keep an eye on it. I'm talking about JT. Can, in terms of, of spinning yeah. a rock around the park, he can dance circles around Stetson's ass. Ain't no doubt but, about it. Yep. Here's why I, here's I go. Yep. Here's why I offer something opposite both of you. Stetson, quite a few times tonight, got out of trouble. Pulled it and got oh, some crazy much quicker than I thought he was. Much quicker. And he's out there oh, getting chased down by werewolves. He got like quicker than first. I thought he was. That's because that's a race car. That's because he's a white boy. Serious business, George. Ser- serious though. I mean, how in the hell is Kirby Smart not sitting in that in that in that in their meeting room right now? How is Kirby Smart not sitting there with the fellas going, hey man, I love Stetson. I know everybody in the room loves Bennett. I know. We love him, but the ceiling's higher with JT Daniels behind the center. Period. That that's a fact of the matter. That's the truth. But now, they may now, they may have already done that because they're around both of these rascals all day, every oh, day. Fair, fair, fair. No question. But I tell you what, we all watched the same game about about three hours ago that they're gonna watch on film, and and that that offense has a low ceiling with Stetson true. Bennett taking true. snaps. Very true. And, and, the ceiling, the potential goes up if JT Daniels. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback. I'm saying the ceiling of that offense goes up if he's quarterback. And, and so the conversation where I think Hack was going, the conversation damn sure has to be has to be occurring in that coaching staff of, hey man, we got some time to prepare here. Who do we go into this first game with behind center? So we'll stay there then, Bryce. What kind of message does it tell send to the other hundred guys in that team room? When Stetson got us here and we're going to the playoffs and he kept us on time and on track. And now, and JT's been right. Mm-hmm. That's our boy, but he's been too. If they swap, does that not send some caution all the way down uh, the, the, the track to say, 
We're spooked. We got to make a big change. You can't make a bigger change on a football team than swapping quarterbacks after you've been killing the whole world the whole season. Look, if it gets me in between that and a national championship ring, I'm going to say, hey, you get paid the big bucks to make these decisions. Yeah, if you're a manager, <laughs> yeah, if you're, and, and Clint knows this because he covers the Astros too, man. And, and, and in, in playoff baseball World Series, man, it's, just, it's a totally different game from a manager's perspective. I mean, you, you're talking about moving guys in and out, you know, based on who's batting left, who's batting right. You have to make some decisions that, you know, in the regular season might not – you know, hey, we, we can win against McMurray State with 13. But when it comes to playing a Michigan or it comes to playing a Cincinnati or whoever, um, you know, we, we might need JT in there. And that, the, the, the fact of the matter is you have to do what you have to do to win. And True. so, yeah. you know, the, the, the tough part is where, and again, I think we all have the same understanding is that I don't think a whole lot of it is going to, to be, unless you have a Lamar Jackson in there, or Pat Mahomes or whatever, if you don't have dudes on the outside, you don't have dudes on the outside. It, like, right. it doesn't matter whose arm talent is back there slinging the rocket. That dude can't win one-on-one. It don't matter. So that's, so that's, that's where my, you know, my only hesitation with that is, you know, you see this guy on practice just like, you know, anybody else does. Is he the best guy? Do you actually, you know, interrupt that <laughs> rhythm a little bit um, that that rock puts in the water? You know, that's that's my only thing. If you can't win on the outside, it doesn't matter. We 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 know that we've got three, you know, uh, touted backs in our backfield. We run the ball and we play defense. And, you know, we 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 give the ball to 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 Bowers, who's dude, I've never seen a tight end as good as this oh, kid is. And he's a I mean, oh. I'm it, it's it is so stupid. Hell, I put him on the outside because yeah. I don't think they can cover him, right? If your fastest dude is a tight end, like holy shit, you guys got issues. So anyways, all that being said, that's a, that's a rabbit hole. But I, I, I do think that, you know, it, it comes down to, does this get in between me and a national championship ring? Kirby Smart's going to make the best decision to do that. Hey, hey I, v, I, v, we, we're talking about a dude that averaged, averaged high teens, high teens in attempts this year oh, and went man. undefeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Come on, and man. I'll say this, I mean, before geez. we get – we got to get to this um, – Big 12 showdown, but I will say this, to Clint's point, Hack's point, Bryce's point, Nick Saban showed that a couple years ago in the most famous <clears throat> big call ever, swapping Hurts or putting uh, Tua in for Hurts at halftime <sighs> in a national mm. championship game. And I know some folks that were in that room when he was talking to the team, and as the story goes, he said, if you got on the Alabama bus to come to this stadium tonight, you are up. Anybody that was on that bus, if you got off that bus and you're in here right now, you're up. And he looked down at two and he goes, starts with you. Starts with you. At halftime, paid off big. We all know how that played off. Maybe Kirby has some of that in him. Let's go now. <clears throat> Bryce Petty, your, your, your Bears. I Honestly, it was so much fun watching this game. Like, I watch stuff just a lot of times because I just you just nerd out on it then it's like third series you're like well damn shit look at these guys look at these guys running throwing uh I, I love shaping and then Oklahoma State's defense I was surprised in the last five games this year Oklahoma State's defense on third down when they're put in third down position 
They've only given up 13% first downs. They came with it. They had a nice defense coming in. Baylor coaching, executing. Bryce, what was the – I mean, you were there. You were live. I don't know how much you saw the game. We Instagram, we saw you had the big box in the booth and all the fanfare, and you were signing it. Oh, stuff. what? But the game was crazy, yes. Bryce. Clint, when Jerry gives you that helicopter <laughs> ticket, you got to take it. It's not, it's not, I mean, I, I, uh, oh, that's bullshit. I didn't get an invite. He up there with country music stars and, you know, it's just all kinds of oh, and they, they even They even gave Bryce that Morgan Freeman-esque uh, hype video. Hype yeah, video yeah. And all that shit, man. Come on, dude. And they're sounding like... Hey, who was in there, man? Hey, Bryce, who was in there? Tell me about it. Hey, come uh, on. Shit, man, I kicked Garth Brooks out. I, I kicked, I kicked <laughs> Ricky Fowler out. I said, if you're wearing orange, get the hell out. Bad uh, <laughs> hell, I was lucky to be there. I found a ticket on the ground, and I said, oh, this looks fun. Uh, yeah, right. No, I, yeah, I, I right. tell you what, man, it, it was a great game to be at. And, and this is what's interesting, too. And, and I, never, I never had the opportunity to do this until I got to the league. But playing a team twice is tough. Like, it's just it's – a, it's a totally different game. You would think that, hey, man, we know this. Uh, we know these guys. We know this scheme. Uh, we know what this corner's doing. We know what this defensive end. He's only got this rush. You know, this back's a one-cut guy. It's just different. It's just different. And so, it, you know, coming into this game, I really felt like as great as this Oklahoma State defense had become because, oh, my God. I mean, th- this, is, this is a nationally ranked defense. I would put on the field with a lot of groups. Um, just to see that game again uh, is, is tough. And I think that Oklahoma poked some holes in that boat, um, you know, that we didn't have the flex seal guy come in and, and throw some stuff on the bottom of that thing for him. So I think that, I think that uh, you know, again, kind of as much as I could um, where the vantage point was to be able to see, you know, the, the line of scrimmage was, was and in every, every game it is, um, especially with Oklahoma State, a struggle. And I think that we did a really good job of protecting Blake Shaven. And I, and I can't get out of this, this piece of this, um, you know, podcast that I'm talking about. I mean, this freshman, um, I think Baylor is, is going to be in good hands for a couple of years with him behind the helm and, and running the show. Just that he's just got a moxie to him that, that we all love to talk about in terms of being a quarterback. Um, it's not as, as Bryce Young-esque to where the dude will throw, you know, 60-yard touchdown and show no emotion off the field. Uh, but I love it just enough to where he is excited and passionate about, you know, going out there. But, I mean, so efficient, 23 to 28, I think is what it was for, you know, just under 200 yards, but three yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, hit his first 17. Yeah, man. And, and, and to do that in that environment, you know, with only really one start under your belt, because he came in against, you know, K-State um, at halftime, and he's just played really, really well. So, um, you know, my hat's off to him. And then Coach Aranda, Coach of this defense, I mean, we, we got turnovers again, which we knew we were going to do. We knew we were going to get turnovers. Um, can we score off those turnovers? We didn't do that the first time around. Um, we did do it time, and, uh, you know, and we, we won. And then, shit, man, five, five plays at the eight-yard line to stop. That's just as, that's as cool as that shit gets. I mean, that's the Oklahoma drill live and in person um and then you know to 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 your toast uh you know for me that's the only guy to stop it it's your will versus my will um and and to keep him out was was just a, a 
had to be a great feeling for him. I know the, the, the Baylor fans were going nuts. So great, great game to watch. Great game to be a part of. And, you know, shit, 21-16 is a big 12 championship game. You never really think about it, but that's a hell of a game. You can catch the rest of this podcast, Bryce Petty, on uh, Tuesday evenings. <laughs> is it Tuesday evenings, Bryce? You can catch the rest. Hey. We just gave you a trailer, Bryce. Just that's that sweet life right there. That's, that's that sweet that life. from the sweet yeah, right you there. You guys baby. still smell like champagne and hairspray. <laughs> hey, uh, so on, that that was our time. Uh, <laughs> you, Baylor. you gotta get off this ship, man. You're the one that tosses this shit up. I kept that other time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you're uh, right. Well, let's so so. But Bryce, we we wanted to go to you first because you know we. We lived through you. Because you know my ass is going to talk about the whole thing. <laughs> all things Texas. We saw you down there. The story was lit. I was like, damn, look at this, dude. Hack, let's go back to talking uh, about Midwest football. Cincinnati, the Fighting Bearcats. Now, people kind of – I thought it could have been like a trap game. Clint, Hack, when you look at this, because Houston has won 11 straight games. Dana Holgerson at the helm, dude shoots from the hip on everything. Their only loss was to Texas Tech, which is, you know, just a, like a like a fluke back and forth game at the week one that they lost. They carried in 11 straight games, winning breeds, winning. That this after a while it becomes who you are. They handle business, hack Desmond Ritter, Coach Fickle, Heisman talk, coaching uh hiring talk distractions they cut all through that handle business what now do you expect to see could we see a win from cincinnati in the playoffs is there any one team that you look at and you're like honestly they could get those guys yeah i i mean i think the way this year has played out kind of what Bryce was saying and comparing it to an NFL type scenario specifically within it within the SEC. But I think you could even expand that to really like the top seven teams in college football right now. I think they all could now get anybody. And even Georgia has shown a little bit of uh, vulnerability here after what Alabama did to them. Right. So I think that, that defensively the Cincinnati team is really good. I think that's a point that isn't, that isn't made enough about them. I think their two corners are studs and that presents a lot of issues. Uh, I think Dana did a great job today creatively trying to figure out how to get his playmakers coming in the backfield, moving them out, trying to get them matched up against guys that weren't either of their corners at since with um, either Cincinnati's corners. So, um, I think people respect it. I think the D line plays with a high, high motor, a lot of intensity. Um, and they're, they're that wild card, man. They're unpredictable. They're hungry. Um, out to prove a lot. I, I really have a lot of respect for pickle and what he's done and, and how he, how he carries himself and how his team plays. Um, so I, I, I don't know if, if when you look at it on paper, there's anybody that you would think like, Oh yeah, you know, Cincinnati can get them no doubt. But I do think that there's elements within that team and within the game of football and kind of like those football God type elements in terms of how they respect the game and play it that um, I think they can go out and, and, and compete and they've earned that right to do so with how they've, with how they've carried out business this year. So, um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll soon find out, but um, 
I thought today was 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 a good win. You know, they they came out at a halftime and really turned it on. It was a tighter game going into halftime, and then you know they had a big third quarter. I think they scored twenty one points in the third quarter and and kind of pulled away a little bit there. So um, I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I'm excited to see the Cincinnati team and how they prepare and how they how they come and and take advantage of the opportunity they got. With that opportunity, Clint, can you? Again, give me a check if, if Cincinnati possesses the following things, physical. Just generally speaking, or are we talking about top notch? Oh, that's fair because we're in the playoff round now. Uh, top notch. We don't have that no. bubble. It's just the, the true or false. Well, uh, false. If we're talking about college, <laughs> is, this converse, is this conversation talking about college football playoff? Playoffs, sir. Playoffs. Okay. False. False. Okay. We're 0 for 1. Strike ability, big strike ability, offense. True. True. Heavyweight coaching staff. True. Okay, now they're in there with two of the three things they're going to need because the other three are physical. And Uh, we talked about styles making fights. So if you have two teams with a lower offensive strike ability, Georgia, Michigan. Yeah. So they want to tie up and go to the body and all the rest. Bama likes space so they can strike. Cincinnati likes space so they can strike. Can you point to a matchup or a team then that Cincinnati should be looking at saying, God, I hope we get these dudes? Look, I mean, here's the deal. They don't they ain't got a chance in hell in the college football playoffs. But <laughs> but if if they if they did, if they did, George, it, it, it's unfortunate. Here's, here's the problem. It's unfortunate because they're going to fit. They're going to be in the four hole. Bama's going to be in the one hole, and that's the only team that they don't have a. Uh, they don't have a snowball's chance in hell against yep. against Bama. They're, they're more. They, I mean, everything. All your three categories. Bama's yep. better, right? Yep. You 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 hit the nail. And that's exactly where I was going to go with it. Michigan and Georgia are two football teams that Cincinnati could go into that game, and you could use the creativity, the strike ability. Because one thing yep. I noticed today is they are super creative and they're good with it. Desmond Ritter is good with it. He's yep. on the same page as his offensive coordinator. The ball's out early with air and he's anticipating some high, you know, some high difficulty throws and they are absolute money. They're they are precise. They execute efficiently and and if they if they were to get into a heavyweight fight with Georgia or Michigan and land a couple of them early early blows and get a yep. get a two-score lead then yep. you got a chance yep. because I don't know that Georgia and Michigan can do it back. Correct. That's the. That, I'm not saying that, that. I'm not saying that that is likely. I'm saying that's their only chance. And unfortunately, they're catching the one team, I, which I think they'll catch the one team in Bama in yep. the first round that they just don't. Like I said, snowball, snowball in hell, no chance, baby. Bryce. Yeah. Hey, wake your Welcome ass back. Up. Bryce Petty, welcome to the film. Bryce, like, Bryce, are you there? <laughs> I put in that same question. <laughs> Bryce, welcome to know. the field of 12. So yeah. this is uh, oh something we do every Saturday oh night. Oh, my God. Our, in fact, our man Dagan's got a couple questions already trickling in. But Bryce, given uh, what you know, given what you've been on the table for all year long, it's a wee thing. Is it still a wee thing when the playoffs kick off? And which wee does Cincinnati want? Oh, oh. Uh, look, I, I definitely think it's still a wee thing. 
Um, you know, shoot, I I hey, spoke what are y'all talking existence. about a we thing? What what the hell? Well, you no, 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 Clint, you know how how Joy went. He just he says something, you just gotta run with it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just running. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Hey hack. Look at this dude trying to shed this Cincinnati skin real quick. All right. Before I got interrupted, what I was going to say is I've spoken this into existence since week one. It's still That's a true. week thing, and we got here. So that shed oh, skin or not, this we again? in my bed. Who's we again? The Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bearcats. We were there. <laughs> It's, a wee, it's, a wee, it's still a wee thing. Even though I got out and I couldn't get my damn interview with, with my man Ritter, it's still it's still there. <clears throat> it's always a wee thing. Yeah, Bengals. <laughs> How about them Bengals? Hey, no, I, I didn't I didn't know what y'all were talking about because I wasn't I wasn't privy to that conversation. And I'm sure we so got Clint, some. So Bryce, yeah, so Bryce I mean, started Bryce. Bryce started the like early, early on. Bryce goes on this whole rant about Cincinnati and this, and then all of a sudden he starts throwing out, you know, hey, we gotta do this, and we're gonna do this. So so I go, hold hold up, dude. Hold up, man. Did you just enroll in a Cincinnati NBA program? Or some shit? What the hell are you talking about, we man? Sometimes it just feels good to be a community clip. You know, that's all it is. This is a community I, thing. I, hear you, I was bro. locked in my house the last 12 months. I feel it. So can that community withstand a, a, a date with the Roman army, the White Walkers, the Wolverines? Which of those three can they go get? Or who do they want? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll play off of, of Clint's uh, deal here because I do think they're going to get the number one seed, which is going to be in Alabama. And two things happen uh, to me in this, in this little, you know, hypothetical here. One is that we have seen Alabama waver a little bit to a team that can be dynamic. And I think that we everybody said here that Cincinnati can be dynamic on offense. Secondly, uh, on Cincinnati's side, there's really only been one game where they started fast. And that's the whole thing with Cincinnati. When they start fast, then it's, it's a joke. It's over. It's done. Um, it's when they, they start, you know, in this whatever. Uh, they don't even show up in the first quarter, and then they finally kind of get rolling a little bit at halftime. They get Jerome Ford involved, um, who, who's a big-time transfer. I think he's actually from Alabama, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't want to be making that up, so excuse me. Uh, but at the, at the same time, um, I, I think that Alabama probably presents better for them being that, you know, attacking downhill um, is not a play that they want to be in. Talking about defensively. So when you have Michigan and Georgia that do want to attack downhill with their backs uh, and their and their schemes, I think that that would cause problems to them. Whereas I think that if they can't be dynamic playing against a defense, it just matches up a little bit better, I think. Um, for them to get to the big show with Alabama, uh, Clint, let's just let's just ride on this on this uh, Alabama deal. There is an, a a known glaring weakness to Alabama in playoff or BCS moments. What do the following quarterbacks have in common? Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, Deshaun Watson. 
Trevor Lawrence, what trait do they all possess that was a killer to Bama? Go ahead, Bryce. Mobility. 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 As much as we love Desmond Ritter, does he have the type of, like, Bryce Young mobility to kill them, to kill a deflating pocket, to kill them when they get into two-man or or one, to kill them and go steal 20 yards on a third and 15? Does he have that? Yeah, with the guys, with the guy like a, a Trevor Lawrence, he's in that. Yeah, I think he's in that category in terms of mobility to be able to go to go steal some <laughs> some conversions there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's fair. Hack, would you say that you you think he could go do that? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I I so given that because that's always they account for everything there, at Bama, and and the the clock really starts on your lifespan when you step on the field, if you have a guy like a Stetson Bennett tonight, who I actually thought was more athletic or a Cade McNamara, like God bless him. It's going to be a challenge because the way they get after the pocket, um, if you don't have an answer, like a natural antenna type built into your quarterback, that deal is over with. So we just covered the, uh, the playoffs, the table is now set. We know the four teams. Let's go in now talking about where do they seed. Are we all in agreement that Bama is one? Yep. Are yeah. we all in agreement that, well, is it safe to say we all believe that Cincinnati is probably going to be fourth? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The following question matters because that's going to set us up. Where does Michigan and Georgia – fall hack i'll go with you first how if oh, you're no, like, i don't think it really matters yeah it matters because oh yeah you're right i guess it doesn't matter because two three are going <laughs> to see each other regardless so uh, uh, i like red I like, I like red <laughs> uniforms better i mean michigan might like blues i don't know it does matter that I, that question that question came from <laughs> Phyllis and Waco. Sorry, Phyllis. I'm up here reading shit. Sorry, Phyllis. I'm up here reading shit. It's just me, whatever. So, damn, I, I gotta oh. quit trusting so much, man. I, I leaned in like, damn, where's George going with this? One? Boy, Bryce got me once. George got me once. By the way, Bryce at Ford is from Alabama. He transferred from Alabama, I believe. How about them apples? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so we got the playoffs wrapped up. Send your questions in. There's a lot of questions coming in about the uh, other big news of the week. Two massive storied, really four massive storied programs who have all won national championships in the last quarter (laughs) century uh, uh, have made some swaps. Three of the four have filled them. Oklahoma still on its search. Fellas, what was your take when when you watched uh, Lincoln Riley? Uh, Bryce, I'll go with you. Just when you saw the news, phone, TV, Lincoln Riley out, headed to USC, like, uh, how did it hit? Uh, well, shit, I had to go double check it and triple check it. I, I, I had no idea that that was even on the table. Uh, so I was kind of completely uh, dumbfounded. And, and, you know, Trevor and I talked about it because I, I think he was too. I don't, I don't think anybody in Norman or, or even the Big 12 thought um, that Lincoln Riley was in a position wanting to leave. Um, we were talking about a pre-show, but, you know, everything that we heard, or at least, you know, Trevor, 
um, you know, being kind of still in that program said that, you know, Lincoln was in every conversation, um, you know, pillar in every conversation into the SEC transition, um, wow. you know, excited about it, hyped about it, um, you know, gave his two cents, that whole thing. So I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that we hear a lot of things out there that that was a big reason as to why um, there's also, you know, things internal that might, you know, say otherwise. So, um, so just that, to that, that point, to me. just to that point, what Bryce is saying, for those of you who are rolling with us, thanks for rolling with us. Uh, Clint Hack, Lincoln Riley has come out in interviews in the last couple of days and said he does was not on board with that. Am I right about that, Bryce? I, I've seen that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I've seen that. And you're so, saying so internally know. he had to be a part of all of it because it's going to directly affect him and his program. So he, I, I yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy the fact that he wasn't on board with it. Cause I mean, you know, that's your dude, you know, that's, that's, you know, president and then Lincoln Riley that it was his ship. So I, I don't necessarily know how that could be something that he just doesn't agree to or want to be in. And otherwise, if that was the case, then I'm, I'm assuming that he would have voice like, look, then I'm going to go somewhere else. Right. Um, so we got to figure this out. So, and, and again, right before we did our show, um, on Monday night came out that, that the USC AD had no idea that Lincoln Riley was even remotely interested in that job until Saturday night when his agent called him. So, and then it happened Sunday morning. I mean, the deal was done Sunday morning. It was 12 hours. So he reached out to them. Yeah. 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 From, from, this is from my Twitter news now. So, so, but you know, look, that's I, true because I also saw him in an interview say, Hey, I woke up Sunday I got a call from my agent, but he didn't say if the agent got a call from SC or my agent reached out to SC. Sunday, I got a call after our loss. Sunday afternoon, my wife and I are doing our mm -hmm. thing. SC said, hey, we're in. Sunday night was a done deal. That, yeah. that, that went fast. So they, he did basically say, I want out of here. I, I think he had to have. I mean, that, that for, for a decision like that to be made that quickly, I mean, look, you're not going from Norman to Baton Rouge where it's a, a, a similar kind of culture. You're going from Norman, Oklahoma to L.A. Like, that's just a whole different vibe, a whole different world. And that's what I told Trevor, you know, on our podcast, if, if it's us four and I'm, and I'm taking, you know, you see my contract. I got $110 million, You're buying my house half a million over asking. And you're also buying my house in L.A. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I get unlimited hours on this jet. You know, you three, God love you, figure it out. You know, right. that, that's, what's, that's what's crazy. Um, and so Trevor has some really unique insight um, that, that there were some coaches packing up boxes, not, a, you know, not in a, um, a happy mood, you know, per, per se. So I think that he – Oh, at Oklahoma. Yeah, 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 yeah. So How many I, of these I, guys did he take with him? Uh, I think from, from what Trevor was saying, I think there was five that he, you know, knew, hey, you're coming with me right now. What he told the guys uh, in the coaching staff, or I mean, in the in the in the uh, the staff room, hey, if you're interested, text me. I'll I'll see if I can find a spot for you. Wow, man, it's it's it, it was it's a, it was a really interesting show. I thought, you know, just hearing everything that that you know Trevor had heard, or that at least came to light on on Monday, you know, two days after. So it was it was fast paced. So um, you know. Maybe he had been plotting that the whole time, knowing that Oklahoma was going to go in there. Maybe he's plotting that the whole time, knowing, hell, I don't even have a quarterback. And <laughs> we're, we're two years away from getting our ass stomped. To your point, A&M's got the eighth 
best roster in the nation and they're getting slapped around. Why would I want to do that? So I don't, I don't know. A lot of things can go into speculation. I just know it happened pretty damn quick. And, you know, what, what came out was the fact that that AD had no idea. So it, it was a, it was a very interesting move. I thought, uh, you know, being, being where I sat. I'm going to go hack click hack. What was your thoughts when you heard the Brian Kelly mm-hmm. piece, Brian Kelly, and this was not a slow-moving thing either. This happened just as fast as Lincoln Riley. These guys, up until an hour ago, played out. They were still in the playoff run. What was your thoughts when you heard he was up and out of there and to where he was going? Yeah, I uh, I heard Clint's piece, and I do agree with you, man. I think uh, I'm a big loyalty guy, and it's a damn shame – and how much of a business college sports has gotten because you can argue and make the point and tell kids over and over again, like, Hey, you know, never pick a school because of a coach because they can get up and leave at any point in time. Yeah. You know, that whole spiel. Right. But at the end of the day, when you're a football player, you're going to go play for, you're going to gravitate towards certain human beings in terms of how they recruit you. And it's, it's, it's a part of the conversation, whether you want to admit it or not, or whether all the talking heads around you say that it shouldn't be or not, it's definitely a deciding factor in terms of where you're going to go and play four years of college ball at or, or, or more or less. Um, so for him to up and do that, and especially at a place like Notre Dame, and I understand that Notre Dame isn't necessarily what it was when Lou Holtz was there in terms of their ability to do some things. They had some academic restraints, you know, South Bend, Indiana, isn't necessarily uh, – the Mecca for, for bringing kids in there. Like it's not, it doesn't have a great, uh, well, I mean, it might, but I mean, from everything that I've heard, there's not much to it. Um, and for him to have had the success he had there and, and just the history and the story of that program and kind of his maturity, because I had heard a lot of stuff about his just own natural growth as a person throughout his trials and tribulations at Notre Dame. And apparently it was all very positive because Brian Kelly did not have a lot of positive connotations, at least heading into that. And then even, you know, this year, he kind of ruffled some feathers with his comments after the Florida state game and, and a few things, you know, before that you, they're all available. You can just Google the shit and read it. And well, it let goes me ask down you the this. line, but let me ask you this hack when, so when Lincoln left, Bryce broke that down because there's not a ton on there's not a ton on that in the public yeah. square about who traveled with them and who wanted to go. Brian Kelly, now at LSU, Hack Clint, he wanted Marcus Freeman as his D yeah. coordinator. Now we get that because hey, I can either be your right hand man or be my own man. But there were yeah. three coaches. There are three coaches at Notre Dame that have been with Brian Kelly for 15 years. They stayed behind. Every single coach stayed behind. So Brian Kelly is going to reconstruct an entirely new staff at LSU. So as an AD, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, if I hire you, I assume that the bulk of your men are are rolling in. So I'm going to get the tip of the spear, and I'm assuming that I'm getting the whole squad to come in and go with you. Only yeah. one guy got off the plane at LSU. Like, does that sit – like, what does that speak Well, I think to? that speaks volumes. I think it speaks volumes. volumes. To answer your question, it speaks volumes about about how that how I think as a staff they viewed it. 
And it's it's funny because I feel like when you look at it, I mean, even look at Tommy Reese. Like Tommy Reese played at Notre Dame. Yeah. Like Tommy Reese wasn't gonna leave Notre Dame, dude. Like that's a that's a that's a finish it, keep me there, you know, I ain't leaving type of job until you yeah. have to literally physically pack my shit and kick me out. So um yeah, I just I I, I don't really know what to say, man. It's it's I I I thought it was kind of bullshit, the timing, for sure. Professionally, I thought it was not the best display of professionalism in terms of handling it. If you're going to do it, do it, but not like that, in my opinion. I just thought it was, in short, I thought it was kind of I – th- I thought he went backwards. With my point of going through that whole evolution of Brian Kelly and growing into something, I think he just took – monumental steps backwards with um his credibility as a person clint did like what was your thoughts on on watching either move do you think either man like obviously they both helped themselves financially but did either man help himself from a legacy standpoint from a football standpoint is it a wash is it just business should we just get over it or should we really step back and be like wow in the middle of the night, you rolled out. Nobody went with you. In the middle of the night, yeah. you you rolled out because allegedly you didn't want to go into the – well, not allegedly. He said it. I don't want to go into the jungle, <clears throat> SEC. How do you look at these two men? I think one of them's smart, and I think one of them's slimy as hell. I, look, I, I think I think Lincoln Riley – I don't think Lincoln Riley – I don't think this all popped Saturday and then he was hired Sunday. If that happened, then that's what's wrong with USC. They can't find a damn coach to stick around worth a damn because they're hiring him in a, in a span of 24 hours. It, it, there's, it, there's, especially if he didn't want any part of the SEC, and then and all of a sudden USC popped out of nowhere. I, I don't know about all that crap, but I, I think Lincoln Riley took the smart path. I, I think, I think, hey, go out west with a blue blood program where yep. you've got the leg up in, in recruiting. I don't care yep. what anybody says. It, I mean that 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 is that USC is one of, I mean five maybe i don't know five or six give or take uh programs in in the country that they're the brand um you can drop it anywhere in the united states and everybody knows who the hell it is and is interested in in what they're doing so i and it's an easy path to the college football playoffs i I think i think it's an absolute no lsu won two years ago they won it all two years ago yeah, that's fair. No, LSU is a great place. Uh, there, there's no, there's no doubt about it. I, I don't know that Lincoln had the opportunity to go to LSU. I, I heard some rumblings as well, but I don't, I don't believe any of that. I don't, I don't believe it all. Um, I think he's smart. Your question. I think he's smart going to 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 USC. You, you don't want to limp into the SEC if no. you're Oklahoma. You, no. you know, you ain't had you ain't had any luck against the the, the SEC in the college football playoffs. You've been skull drugged a couple of times. So he's better off going out West anyway. I think it was a smart move um, just from a football coach perspective. Look, these guys all got bread. They all got deep pockets. I mean, yeah, they're going to keep coaching. They're going to keep making millions of dollars. So everybody missed me with, Oh, well, it's a financial deal. And they, they did right by their family. Lincoln Riley was going to make double digit million dollars, you know, to coach football rather than later. I mean, he wasn't going like, he wasn't going broke. He wasn't trying to pay his damn bills. And, and it, I, I think when you look at, at – um, Brian Kelly, what do you I, think? I, I, I just think it's slimy as hell, man. I, I think any – it shouldn't surprise anybody that he got off the jet in Baton Rouge by his damn self. Any man that would – any coach that would leave his players and his staff when they're on the doorstep 
of the college football playoffs, the one thing that we all work for, the only thing that we ever we we have bled, we've sweat, we've cried together to get to this point. And all you got to do is wait seven. The, the nail in the coffin for me, and and, and it, there's this is no debate. The nail in the coffin for me is when the college football playoff committees, the head of the committee, came out after the last rankings and said that one of their principles, it's in black and white, it's in writing. One yeah. of their prince, one of their principles is that if a team doesn't have a key player or a coach oh. that could that that could impact their ability or inability to perform at a championship level going into wow. the playoffs, that's gonna be that's gonna be taken into consideration. If you're the head coach of a football team and seven, you don't have the guts to wait seven days, even if you're leaving. Just hey, just wait till December the sixth before I, before you announce it, so they don't hold it against my guys, right? I, look, I I don't I think you're I think you're shitty for leaving. That's a great. But you point. are you are you are you're the you're a scumbag for leaving. Set not waiting seven days and, and at you're, least you're, that that's a great point. You could wait, knowing this move in the middle of the night hurts yeah. all the men in that and, and here's 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 the point too clint is is those kids only have so much so much opportunity yeah. Yeah. for that and as a coach you got all the damn opportunity in the world That's to right. go and take a job like when you're the head coach at notre dame your name can get thrown in even if it's not this coaching cycle right maybe if lsu is going to press it say well if you don't say yes or no within this time frame then we're it, it wasn't like he was he was starving at notre dame you know what I mean? He had got to yeah. the show. He'd been there. He's doing it. So he could wait for another opportunity because it heck, would come around eventually. But heck, if, if put yourself in Brian Kelly's shoes, right? If I if I'm that level of a coach, right? You're I, the winningest I, coach I, at fucking Notre Dame. Right, right. You're the hottest dude on the market. And I call LSU and go, hey man, look, I'm coming to y'all. But yeah, y'all y'all gonna have to appreciate this. I, I got I got I got a hundred kids with their, their, their they got one foot in the door of the college football playoffs. Man, you got to give me seven days. Seven and, if, days. And, 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 here, and here, here's the deal. If I'm, Brian, fight for if, I, if I'm Brian Kelly, I want LSU to go, no, nah, man, you got to come right now. We're moving on. Okay, well, you just told me who the, who the hell you are. I'm not coming to LSU. Yep. You've told me what you're about. And so instead of taking that path, you jumped you jumped ship. That's a all great point. Because if yeah. it was if the tables were reversed and he's at LSU, and, and it, it just came to that point, hey, I've been here 12 years and the winning is yeah. coach. I need another challenge. <clears throat> I'm going to hang here and tell my new employer, give me a couple days. I'm not going to do us yeah. like this, Mr. AD. I promise you that. That's yeah. a great He said a precedent. Hey, you yeah. know, the other, the, here's the other thing is I keep here, keep, keep pushing, pushing back with this. Oh, well, man, we, that December 15th, man, that early signing period, man, LSU really needs boots on the ground. Hey, well, what about the hunter that he already recruited that already committed to him? Right. right. And I, I look, and this another thing, like miss me with all the oh well, coaches leave all the time, and it's for the money, and it's for their family. No, 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 that ain't. This this is a whole different. This is a whole different set of circumstances here. You got the college football playoffs right there at your fingertips. All the other shit don't matter. I mean, I, I it's just, that's just it's the slimiest move I've ever seen in the coaching world. I know hell, Bobby Petrino was chasing some young blonde around, had an old motorcycle accident. I know you freeze. He couldn't. He had a hotline, got his ass, and then Mike Price back in the day, the shake joint, got his ass with the whole Alabama credit card. I know we got some scumbags running around here, but that shit Brian Kelly just pulled, man, nah, no, sir. That ain't it right there. Let, me have, a, let me have a kid in that locker room. I'd be on I-10 East right now heading towards Baton Rouge, 
hunt, hunting Brian Kelly's ass. What's LSU's record next year, Clint? Uh, man, what's, I don't know what their non-conference is. I give them, I give them seven wins. And then it over the course of the ten years, how many national championships does Brian Kelly win at LSU? Zero. Takes care of that. We hope you join yeah. us, Field of Twelve, tomorrow. Uh, off of that sweet note, tomorrow morning, <laughs> eleven thirty Eastern time. Tomorrow like morning, eleven thirty Eastern time. We're gonna Should rock and roll real. right here with you. We'll probably be raising. Uh, orange juice or coffee or something like that mm. for the diehards. Get what you get. Uh, 11.30 Eastern time. We're going to roll tomorrow. The official layout comes out. Field of 12's opinion. Not that we're, uh, you know, like we have any government information. Bama one, jo- uh, Georgia or Michigan two or three, Cincinnati four. So we're going to see Cinderella probably going up against the Roman army. And we're going to see two teams that pretty much look like each other uh, in the other semifinal. 11.30 Eastern time, field of 12, Christian Hackenberg, Clint Sterner, Bryce Petty, George Whitfield. See you tomorrow.